Hannah Hampton, and you're listening to HR After Hours. So Hannah, as I mentioned earlier, and I tried to bring it up every couple of weeks, uh, I am back to working primarily from home. Well, basically because I get to spend a lot of time with my dog who's getting mm -hmm. up there in age and I like to do some other things and I actually work longer hours this way. That but sounds terrible to me, by the way. I know. Well, <laughs> the more we talk about, you know, I don't, I'm not in IT. If I worked in IT, I think I'd want to work in the office yeah. because, um, you know, those are some of the most progressive uh, and inspiring work environments. And I think you're very fortunate to be in the environment you're in. But um, <laughs> I'm you also know, a consummate, like the people person. So I, I need to be around people. I get really tired and unmotivated if I'm by myself too long. So to each his own. Absolutely. And that's where we offset each other because I am more misanthropic by nature. And you've at times had to pull me out of my shell um, and get me to attend more events and do things. And I, I'm always happy when I do it. I just don't have that um, that initial drive to interact with anyone I don't have to. And I'm working on that. I'm a work in progress. But <laughs> As we have some of these mini segments supporting our, uh, our recruiting uh, episodes, one of the things that I think is very important, especially for people in recruiting that do work from home are, or are field-based, so they're not constantly uh, coming into contact with the hiring managers, is some of the best advice I ever got from one of my least favorite individuals that I supported was really being aware of perception. And what I mean by that is when your hiring manager doesn't hear from you for a couple days or the individuals you're supporting in HR, if you're not constantly interacting with them, they assume that, especially if you work from home, that you're away from your computer eating bonbons, watching Springer. And a lot of people don't realize that that perception exists. What are your thoughts on that? Gosh, it's a tough one because perception is so different to everybody. I think it's kind of hard to guess like what the perception is going to be. And because I know I when I worked, I had a job where I worked from home and I felt like I had to work 10 times as hard to be able to prove that I am working and not at home eating bonbons, whatever, watching Springer or The Young and the Restless. But I had a tough one. But you're, you're right. Perception is everyone's reality. So uh, they, it might be difficult if you're working with somebody who automatically thinks, oh, the guy's working from home, he's not doing anything, versus knowing that, hey, I'm working from home and I'm busting my butt. Um, I, I think that uh, it, that's a tough one. And I do feel that perception is important because if people see you as being lazy, that's hard to come back from. So you feel 10 times more obligated to prove that you're not. So that's a, that's a toughie. That is a tough one. Basically, what I just want to uh, tell some of our listeners out there or advise or guide, you know, I'm not a recruiting guru, um, is the way to improve the perception of what you're doing is obviously communication. Sure. And we may have a day that kicks our ass. But if that certain partner, whether it's an operations partner or hiring manager, hasn't heard from you at all that day that you just spent 
10 hours sourcing or interviewing candidates for them and you came up with nothing because you screened them out because that's what you do. You're the buffer. You're the one that makes sure that they don't waste their time with unqualified candidates. If you make sure to have some sort of ongoing communication, that's how you could resolve that uh, that conflict, because a lot of operational in, uh, managers or hiring managers do believe that recruiting, like I said, they're watching Springer every once in a while to look at some resumes, do a couple interviews here, and then they like to just go around and shoot the shit with people. And then they think their HR team members uh, are leading drum circles, singing Kumbaya, and doing nothing but counting the documents that they haven't turned into you. So how we fix that perception is communicating. And you need to find out. I would say back it up with some data, too. Like if you have. Yes. I keep a spreadsheet of here are the candidates I reached out to. Here are my notes on why they're not a great fit. If you can back up. I mean, I hate to say that you have to have a paper trail. But if you're able to back up and say, hey, I contacted 50 candidates today and 48 of them were terrible. Two of them I talked to and then this and that. I mean, if you're I'd say there's nothing wrong with a little bit of CYA. No, it is. And I am not a fan of CYA. And that's got me in a lot of trouble throughout my career. But I absolutely agree that this is a case where, you know, making sure that people have the right perception of what you do or understanding why they perceive Mm -hmm. things the way they do. Um, Just being aware of it will change some of your habits. And like you said, not only collecting data on the number of people, but collecting data uh, if there are some trends in uh, obstacles. Obviously, our hiring managers don't want to hear that the obstacle is the salary, but maybe it's the salary in, in combination with some of the tasks or the travel or whatever it is. But don't use it as an excuse for why you haven't filled the position yet or put the right person in them. But give them some updates. Mm -hmm. Let them know, hey, um, sometimes it could be as basic as interviewed five people today. None of them met this particular requirement or I'm having issues with the stability or their reason for looking is similar to what they're going to encounter here. So I, I need to look somewhere else. I'm going to continue uh, doing more interviews, whatever it is. um, Remember an update needs to be something other than an excuse. But uh, very rarely have I ever had someone get back to me and go, Whoa, easy there, Mick. You're giving me too much information about what you're doing to help me. <laughs> you know, and I also look at it like this. Like, you know, you know the days that you're working hard and you know the days that you're not. So just make sure that you are being productive with your time. And, you know, I'm not saying it has to be all CYA, but at the end of the day, if, if you're, you know, I've, I've worked with those people who I knew uh, based on their work output that they weren't doing what they needed to be doing. So I, I'm not worried about you because I know that you bust your butt, but certainly uh, I say it's always good to have something to back up the work that you're doing, especially maybe if you're working on a, a recruiting a position that's harder to fill where you are, you know, if you are worried about somebody perceiving you as not working hard, whereas actually you just have to dig a little deeper to find that right candidate, make sure you've got that. But hey, we've all worked with that person where, 
we knew that they were not working hard and they might have been watching a little bit more Springer than they needed to be. <laughs> agreed, agreed. And then the other thing is you need to just make sure that that communication, um, that you're always looking for an outcome. So you can utilize that not only to make sure that the right perception is out there of what you're doing, but you know, take a bad day where you spun your wheels and none of the candidates, you're not moving forward with them. But like Hannah said, there's so much data. Collect that data. And then maybe when you have two or three bad days, you've got enough data that it can actually give you something to bring to the table as far as a snapshot of the obstacles with the particular role. And another thing with perception is Always be aware of the time you do have in that communication and how you're utilizing it, because if the only thing that those individuals uh, know of you is that you're telling them just the number of people you talk to, and every time you talk to them, it's about... Um, something personal that's taking up some of your time as well, whether it's a sick dog, child, whatever it is. If that's what they hear from you every time, then they think that is all that your life encompasses. That to um, me also comes up with as an excuse. And I, that's why I say be a little bit more proactive. If you know, like, hey, my dog is sick. I need to take him to the vet tell your supervisor, say, hey, I need a little flexibility today. I always feel when something like that is used uh, as a reason after the fact, it seems a little bit more excuse driven and not reality. And I know that that sounds a little uh, negative, but I've been in situations where I've had people try to manipulate managers and using every excuse in the book as to why they're not doing their job. So I, I always say, just be proactive. And if you're proactive, you're going to be in uh, a good place. Now, however, if you're every week, you've got a proactive reason why you're not working. That's another problem. But that is for another podcast. Subject. Well, and that then you just give off the perception that you have a lot of excuses. You and, know. you know, remember, what is it? Integrity is doing the right thing when no one's looking. So especially to those who work in that field or at home based, as long as you're doing what you need to be doing, you'll be in good shape. And at the end of the day, how you thought I was going to let you get the last word, and I really wanted to, but I had to say this. <laughs> I think if we, we should ha do some math on how many times Nick gets the last word. <laughs> I would say almost every single time. Mm -hmm. um, but, <laughs> but remember, you control uh, the perception of what other people have of you. And it is okay to also toot your own horn. You have, you know, make sure to say, hey, guys, I know it's been a long fought battle, but guess what? We have three very strong candidates ready for you to interview now. I think we need to get these interviews uh, going and be more aggressive about them so we can make sure we get the right hire. So let's make sure we get them involved and keep them abreast of what's going on as soon as possible. So you're not stuck into a reactionary scenario where you are defending yourself and that's when you start um, making excuses. Okay, so that wasn't the last word. That was a last short story. <laughs> I love you, Hannah. Hannah. <laughs> I'm so, I'm so, I'm snippy today, I guess. I don't know. That was weird. <laughs> you can cut that out. All right, Hannah, do you know what time it is? What time is it? 
I think it's time for a smoke break. Smoke break! So, Hannah, I've got to share something with you. I don't... I don't know if this is a good sign or a bad sign um, of our audience or the the messages we're putting out there, but you know it is we're we're starting to get feedback from some of our peers and and others that have, you know are not in any way HR recruiting professionals and that's why sometimes we try to make some of the subject matter you know, a little more casual. And sometimes it's HR and recruiting influence during a smoke smoke break. Sometimes we just kind of go off and talk about things that, um, you know, you and I care about. But what's funny is in one of our earlier podcasts, when we were discussing a subject, I mentioned feeling my age. Um, And I was when I talked about how there's, um, there is a study and I'm not even going to you know, try to come up with what the percentage on this one is, but it basically said that the majority of people, when they look in the mirror, they still see themselves younger than everyone else does, for yeah. like a better way to put it. Yeah. Um, and so, do you think I got some great responses in our listener email from the topics, or hey, Mick, you're and Hannah have really changed my outlook on my career from this? No, what I got was, <laughs> holy shit, Mick, you're so right. I feel so old. Thanks for pointing that out. I'm glad that I'm out there reminding everyone of their age, but let's have a little bit fun with it. Um, We were talking earlier today and um, we all have kind of senior moments, if you want to call them that, or uh, moments where we just kind of senior, almost, yeah, you know, just times where we start to feel even older than we really are. That's what I mean by a senior moment. One of us are. God knows, you know, as far as my maturity level, I'm a, a fresh 19. But we have what we call jokingly old old people moments. Um, mm-hmm. And I really think, first off, before anyone gets mad at me, to me, old people is about the way you act, not your physical age. And um, I believe you had uh, quite a little <laughs> still where you felt like maybe you yeah. uh, you you were feeling the uh, the. <laughs> The amount of times the earth has gone around this sun in your lifetime. Yes. Okay. So I, I have recently taken up yoga and I'm loving it. And that's part of the story. Uh, I know it sounds like a random uh, fact, but I was meeting a friend yesterday for yoga that we had found at a hotel. And uh, I was really excited, and I obviously have not been to this hotel, so I was unaware of a curb, and uh, poor little Hannah um, kicked the curb, and normally, uh, I felt in my younger days, I could have uh, rallied and not fallen down, but I ate it big time, like, knee to the ground, I twisted my hip, my phone fell, and the case broke because I fell so hard, and I had never felt so old because normally I am able to not fall down. And what's funny is I hit my knee and then I twisted my hip and it took me a good, uh, probably two minutes to shake it off. And normally I don't feel like it takes that long to shake something like that off. And today I am definitely feeling that fall and man, it did not make me feel any younger. But the good news is it was, I mean, you were sober. You're not a big partier. So it wasn't like you face planted after six martinis or anything. Oh, I was um, sober. I had a, a cup of coffee. 
But it was just one of those moments where for, you know, for a fleeting moment, you felt old. But then what did you do after that? You went and you did some kick-ass hippie yoga shit, right? I sure did. It was, it was, actually, I really liked it. It was a little different. It was a, it was silent yoga. And basically each attendee was wearing noise canceling headphones. And so the music, the DJ and the instructor were piped into our noise canceling headphones. So it was, I, I think from the outside, it was probably pretty funny because it was just people moving in unison, but I really enjoyed it. And it was a way for me really to focus on what I was doing versus looking around at everybody else in the class. So it was pretty cool and probably a little on the weird side, but I'd do it again. I think there's nothing wrong with every once in a while just, you know, falling down and eating shit and feeling old. (laughs) But what I like about it, and like I said, it was a little bit of a, a, a trap I was throwing on you, is that what you mentioned is you got up from this event, this this incident that made you feel old, yeah. and then you went up and you did something cool. You did this yoga and you did this, this you know, I don't want to call it, I guess, experimental, but it's, you know, something that, you know, not everyone thinks of when they think of yoga and um, you shook it off. And I think that's what it's really kind of all about is there are times where I feel extremely old and the difference is I don't act old. And I myself had just downloaded some new daily meditations to start my day. And uh, I think there's a lot of things we can do to take charge of who we are and how we feel. And, you know, every once in a while, Life's got to kind of kick us in the pants and remind us that we're not, well, we're not invincible. I think that's what these humbling moments are about. It's not about the fact that we've, you know, circled the sun a few more times than others. It's really about the fact that we do need to be reminded that we're mortal, that, you know, our bodies do have limitations. So, you know, those are some of the things we have to consider. I did jump on the skateboard the other day and realize eh, my, my skating days may be over. And um, part of being uh, a seasoned adult or an experienced adult is being able to come to terms with that versus going into some terrible midlife crisis where I went out and bought a Porsche and, you know, started chasing 18 year olds. So it's all about a state of mind. But I think there are a lot of things out there that we can do to I, I don't even think I really pardon the cliche. I think age is a state of mind right now. And I do think we have to take care of ourselves. And that's why I think we have those mortality moments. But I also think it's really up to us to just say, hey, I'm going to do whatever I can as long as I'm physically and mentally willing and able. What are your thoughts on that? Oh, I totally agree. There there was a meme that I saw going around the internet and it was showing kind of an older woman and it's like she's holding her back. And it says me at 29. And the next to it is a picture, Jennifer Aniston at 50. And it's kind of funny because Jennifer Aniston looks amazing for 50. And it's joking just kind of about how how people, you're as old as, as you feel. And, uh, you know, certainly we all have our moments where we might feel 80 years old. And then we have other moments where we feel 20 years old. So uh, you just try to make sure that the moments are more on the 20 side than 80 because, you know, that can be a little hard to feel old all the time. But I uh, completely agree with you. It's a state of mind. Yeah, I think everyone can find everyone should find that thing that makes them feel younger. I mean, sure. there's always something that, you know, 
if it's listening to an old LP from back in the day, or if it's pulling out your favorite book or watching your favorite show, I have so. Will you many tell friends. the kids what an LP is? <laughs> LP <laughs> is a form of a vinyl record. LP stands for long playing, and it actually uh, goes around at thirty-three rounds per minute. Thirty-three and a third. Rounds per minute, per minute, I believe. Um, so album, that's back when the art on the CDs used to actually matter. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I, the hipsters know, Hannah. They're going out and buying them. But uh, No, that's a good point. But I do think it's, we all have things that, you know, everyone talks about triggers, things that set you off, things that make you feel old, things that make you angry. I think you should find some triggers that make you more appreciative, more, you know, happy about your age, whatever you want to do. Um, you know, there's been, this is going to be like the third time friends comes up, uh, in a conversation, but you know, friends is, it just hit a big milestone and there's actually a Lego commemorative set that just came out of central perk and it's a studio and it's sold out. I can't find it. It's like, there's a $60 version and $90 version, but People are going back and discovering this show, Friends, or rewatching it to the point where Netflix had to shell out a lot of money because they were actually already planning on getting rid of it um, because people are just like reveling and reminiscing over this show that was a part of their 20s, 30s, whatever it was. Mm -hmm. But we all have things that indulgences we reward ourselves we buy ourselves stuff we do things that make us happy. And that's something you have to do is make sure that you. Spend time doing the things that make you happy. And that way, if you have that senior moment, that I feel old moment, that's all right. That's just life reminding you that you are mortal, that you're human. Um, and then, like I said, you've traveled the, uh, you've ridden the orb around the sun a few times more than others. But at the end of the day, oh my God, here's another cliche. This is a great time to be alive as far as I'm concerned, Hannah Hampton. So hmm. there you go. I don't oh, know. good. Well, I appreciate that insight. And when we hang up here, I'm going to go ride my bike because that makes me happy and it makes me feel young. Well, on that note, that's all the time we have for today. Well, and as you can tell, we do need your help. Some of us more than others, right, Mick? Absolutely. Could it be more obvious? <laughs> well, how can they help and where can they find us? Well, first, what they can do is email us with any topics for future episodes, questions they want answered, or if they just want to send some inappropriate photos to <laughs> mail at hrafterhours.com. Or you can always visit our Instagram page at hrafterhours or Twitter, where we have all of three followers at hr underscore hours. Well, we look forward to hearing from you and we'll catch you next time. Mm -hmm.